Tell me your story. Tell me your story. How did it all start? Do you remember? Oh, I know what happened. How did it stop? You're now tuned into the Small Business Origins Podcast. I love an origin story. Each week, we dive into the real stories of entrepreneurs and businesses from across the nation. Who is he and what's his origin story? Who started with just an idea and are now making waves. I told you this was a good idea. This is Small Business Origins. Yeah, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Small Business Origins. I'm your host, as always, John Kelly, a.k.a. John the Marketer on Instagram and TikTok. We are on a nationwide search. We're looking for entrepreneurs that have a story to tell. And today, still joining me virtually, but a lot closer than the nationwide search we've been on right here in my backyard (laughs) from Galveston, Texas. I've got Phyllis Williams Strotter. She is known as the ghetto country brand mother with Brandma's house. Brandma, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, sweetheart. I am so happy to be here. And it's like, just knowing that you're this close, it's like, dang, we could have done this in person. I know, right? It's just, you know, we we got so many people coming in that want to be on yeah. the show. And I'm not saying that to brag. I am super humble about it. Like, this is a dream come true for me. I'm so glad people want to be here that it just gets hard to kind of figure out where everyone's from ahead yeah. of time and know all that stuff. And it's just something I should have looked at because absolutely. I mean, it's still, it's warm enough here in Texas right now. We could have done this on the beach or something, you know? <laughs> oh, see, now you're playing with me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, before we hop into everything and figure okay. out what a brand ma is and all okay. this stuff, we have got to start out with our icebreaker question because we always start out with an icebreaker oh, wow. question. And okay. today's is super serious. It is, are you more productive at night or in the morning? And do you think it's possible to change and get used to another schedule than what you're currently doing? Oh my God, I am a sleepaholic. So <laughs> it just hits me when it hits me. Sometimes I wake up at four o'clock and I keep my laptop closed. And I promise you, I'll be hanging, I'll be sitting there because I got one of those high beds. I'll be sitting at four o'clock in the morning with my feet hanging off the bed and I'm working. And then I'll take a nap and I'll wake up at 10 and I'll do some more work. I am not a nighttime person. I can honestly say that. I can do it in the morning, but by the time nighttime gets here, my brain is kind of fried. It's like I've done all I can. I'm, th- I'm through. Just yeah. Through. I've got this weird schedule where I am like most productive right after lunch somewhere. If I don't eat a huge lunch and go, you know, crazy Uh, somewhere between like that noon to four or five o'clock is like a super productive time for us. Uh, here as a team. And I, I don't mm-hmm. know why. And I think it's probably, it's always possible to change, right? You can put your mind to it, it and do it. it but I have been super intentional about my sleep and making sure I'm getting enough rest each day because I'm so tired of feeling groggy. Plus we're kind of on this, like losing weight, working out, being healthy, eating better. And so it's like, I just want to feel better. But the mm-hmm. problem I have is it's just for me, I'm a nighttime person. And sometimes I do the same thing. It's like, I get on a roll and then the next, next thing I know, I'm looking and it's one o'clock in the morning and I'm like, yeah. bro, you yeah. need to be asleep. You got to wake up early for work tomorrow. Like, what are you doing? But I don't want to stop because I'm on a roll. Yeah, you get caught so, up in it. I think it's possible to change. I just think that it's extremely difficult to find the willpower to do so because it's just at that point in time, my wife and kids are asleep. I've got silence in the house. It's that part. Yes. Yeah. When I get up at five in the morning is to get up before Neil and Morgan start moving around because then all I'm here is baby mom yeah <laughs> like yeah no 
let me get my time in before they get started. <laughs> yeah, I will say uh, I'm lucky. My poor wife is not. They those kids definitely say mama more than they say anything else in the world. And at <laughs> first she used to brag about it and try to like cap on me for it. Be like, oh, yeah, I'm the favorite. And I knew way ahead of time this was a good thing. And I said, you're right, mom, you're the favorite. And then so now my son will bite my four year old will bypass me with something in his hands to walk up and say, mom, can you open this while she's like cooking or doing something? And then she just turns around, and looks at me and she's like, I mean, are you invisible? And I'm like, hey, hey, you're the favorite. You're the favorite. Uh-uh. I can beat that. My daughter will sit up here and she will call and text me saying, can you call dad and ask? I'm like, seriously, you're on your phone and you're asking me to call your father. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's that kind of crazy. (laughs) Kid logic, man. Kid logic. Hey there, entrepreneurs. Are you tired of juggling multiple platforms for your marketing and sales needs? It's time to revolutionize your business operations with Wingman. Wingman's an all-in-one marketing automation software. It's designed by experienced marketers who understand your struggles. It's a game changer. It combines the best tools to streamline your communication, automate your workflows, and grow your business. Capture leads using landing pages, surveys, forms, and more. Nurture them with personalized messages via voicemail, SMS, emails, and even Facebook Messenger. And close deals with built-in tools to collect payments, schedule appointments, and track analytics. Say goodbye to multiple marketing tools and hello to Wingman. It's your unified platform for all business needs. You can enhance your online presence, manage your reputation effectively, and cultivate leads effortlessly. So are you ready to take your business to new heights? Visit TrustYourWingman.com today and let Wingman be your co-pilot to success. Well, we're here to talk about you. So okay. you know, let's just start with your origin story. Tell me where you came from, how you got into oh, entrepreneurship, all that stuff. I actually kind of tripped into it. Um, back in the day when we were still living in California, my husband started doing barbecue competitions. And um, he was dipping into my shoe money. And I'm like, okay, we got to find a way for him to pay for these competitions because they were not cheap. And so what we ended up doing is we started selling dinners or lunches from our dining room table. And I know food is my husband's love language. like dude speaks food, sleeps food. He's just eats food. Um, But it it was so much so that I knew he should have been cooking for a living. And me and my big mouth, I said, baby, do you want to do this for a living? And he's like, hell yeah. Like, okay. So now I, being the wife that I am, I got to figure out how my husband can do this for a living. And we, we went from the dining room table to getting into farmer's markets. And we stayed in farmer's markets for a long time because we were just very comfortable. But that comfort started turning into complacency. And so we decided to open a restaurant. So we went from that restaurant, to, and I'm giving you the really short version. We went from that restaurant to opening a second restaurant. And we did barbecue for a living. We did uh, Big Mr.'s Barbecue. And then we our second restaurant was Big Mr.'s Morning Wood. Because everything we smoked for breakfast in the morning, <laughs> it was that whole kind of vibe. I love it. <laughs> so we had that second restaurant. And um, we were doing good. We were doing really good. But the more the more that we did, the more I knew that this was not my thing. I don't cook on purpose, not even for my child. And everybody that knows me knows that. But here I am in this restaurant business with my husband. I'm like, dude, I love you a whole lot. And I want to stay married to you today. So how about I step out? And it took me 10 years to get enough courage to say it and mean it. Because I had fired and quit a lot of times. But I had never really meant it <laughs> until that last time. <laughs> until that last time. And so when I... um. When I when he finally saw that that you know she's serious this time, what are we gonna do? 
And it was as simple as having the conversation. And I'm guessing he was kind of, because the kind of the joy got taken out of it for him because it was now part of our living. So he said, I said, what you going to do? He said, I'm rolling with you. So we had this conversation in June. We told everybody in our business that July 3rd was our last day. We sold our house as is, and we were out in August. We were just done. And from there, I went into business coaching, and I kind of really sucked at it, only because I was used to putting my husband in front of the camera. He was the one that did the TV, the news segments, and all of that kind of stuff. But now I had to speak up for myself, and that was so hard for me because I'm used to being behind the scenes. I was kind of resentful behind the scenes because everybody thought he did everything on his own, but I was used to being behind the scenes. And what ended up happening is I had to get back to how I was in the restaurant. And I didn't know how people were going to take that because I don't, I, I don't believe in the whole code switching of it all. And that's what I was trying to do. So it made me very ineffective as a business coach. And I had to go back and I had to go back and own my, excuse me, I had to go back and own my ghetto country. And when I tell people I'm ghetto country, I say I was raised hood adjacent by a country mama. It's just what it is. It does not mean I'm raised. I I have my education. I have my certifications and all of that kind of stuff. But I had to, to come out of what I thought was a stigma for me. And as soon as I started owning that, that whole ghetto country vibe, because my mama knew from Texas, but as soon as I started owning that whole, that whole vibe, things began to change for me. And I started to speak up more and I, and I started to attract more clients and everything, but it was just, I had to get out of my own way. I had to realize, you know what, you can't push him out there anymore. You got to speak up for yourself. Otherwise, nobody's going to know what you do. And so I pivoted from when I saw the restaurant industry getting hit hard, I wanted to help them so bad being a former restaurant owner, but they didn't want to pay me. And we all know that they talk about the slim profit margins and all that kind of stuff, but they didn't want to pay me. So, you know what? I pivoted into branding and it was something that I love. And so eventually the grandma was added on. I became the ghetto country grandmother. Like I say, still being raised hood adjacent by a country mama, but now we're going to turn your personal brand into a scalable brand that you can do, you can be more than a business of one. That is the short, short version. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I love it because, you know, it it just takes you back to kind of like what we've always been taught and what we've always learned. And that is that you are Mm -hmm. who you are. And yes, you can change traits. You can change Mm -hmm. personality traits and all this stuff, but you have to be true to who you are as a person. And I relate to that so hardcore because I was born and raised, you know, I was born in Houston, Texas, raised in Waller, Texas. Waller, Mm -hmm. Texas is this small podunk town, but at the same time as it's like a, an old country town, Mm -hmm. you know, Prairie View is right next door. And Waller was actually historically more of a majority of African-American culture and history than it was, you know, white country, what you would assume Mm -hmm. to be country. But see, this is what I knew growing up in Waller that, you know, which is a lot of people don't understand is country doesn't always mean old white dudes with straw in their mouth and everything else. Ghetto country is a real thing. Mm -hmm. And there are absolutely like everybody that I grew up with in Waller, all the white cowboys that I knew, I knew black cowboys, too. You know, mm-hmm. and it was like we were just so melded together that we didn't see kind of like in big cities. I feel like you can see that separation between yeah. like, you know, not just race relations, because I, I think that obviously out here in Texas, I think we all get along a lot better than some people want to kind of make it out to be on a national yeah. level. Yeah. 
But it's so crazy to me that I just grew up where country didn't mean white and ghetto didn't mean black. It meant whatever race you are, you can be either one of those things. So I kind of relate to that with you where Mm -hmm. it's like I always draw on my country roots because it's just where I came from. But at the same time, I grew up in that same like I've listened to rap music all my life and I've kind of had that same ghetto culture, if you Mm -hmm. will driven into me by family members and friends that were all just a part of that. So I love that you took it and said, I'm going to own both sides of this and make it my brand and then figured out, well, if I can do that for myself, I should be able to scale this and do this for others. I think it's a a great thing where it's like, Hey, I'm going to be who I am. And if you love working with me because of it, which I already love talking to you more than other people because of it, then it's like, all right, cool. Now we can work together and I can help you do the same thing no matter what your brand is. We can own where you came from, who you are and make it something. It's the reason that I go by John, the marketer. There you go. You know, cause it's, I'm like John the Baptist, but I'm baptizing you in good marketing services. You know, that's the (laughs) difference there. And and so it's the same thing. Like you have to own it. We got a guy here that I've had on this show before. His name is goat man. And that's, it's the exact same thing. His branding is everything goats because all of his products come from the goat in some way, shape, form, or fashion, whether it's, uh-huh. you know, goat milk being made into soap or, you know, whatever you, he's making, it all comes from the goat. So he's the goat man. Yeah, That's just, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I just, I had to go on that tangent to say that I, I love this branding, you know, um, pun intended brand ma, brand mother. Like uh-huh. it's great to just kind of go to your roots, know who you are, and then make yourself into that that entrepreneur yeah. and then tell other people I can do the same thing for you no matter where your roots come from so yeah. that's awesome and you know G-Town H-Town like we all have that nice mix just like Waller did I mean look at the rodeo going on right now <laughs> you know and and they've got all these Houston artists that come in oh, yeah. and yeah. it's just like I don't know we can all take part in either side of ghetto or country whenever we there want to go. in Houston and in Galveston and that's just the way we roll so that's amazing. Yeah. So you you started this thing. You got to it. You said cooking is no longer for us to make a living. Right. Where's your husband kind of playing in all of this? Like, what did his job become? His job. He's trying to be. A, I'm trying to turn him into a trophy husband. Okay. <laughs> well, turn him into a trophy husband. But now his new thing is he's getting. He's gotten into doing voiceover, and he's always been kind of a media whore, which is why it wasn't hard to push him in front of the camera all those yep. times. But just being able to like even helping him to develop his brand as the hospitable box. It's like, dude, tell him you speak food, travel and booze. And that's how you how you make your name, because a lot of other voiceover artists, what they do is like I just based it on I do narration or I do e-learning. No, you speak food, food, booze and travel. Those are your things. And it makes for a better brand rather than a better concept and getting him to, to, to that kind of vibe. It's like he is my my toughest probably client non-paying client because half the time he listening to me as his wife is like oh she's just talking wah 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 <laughs> instead of actually he has his moments where he listens but sometimes it just comes across as my wife is nagging me you know what i'm gonna go shut the heck up and i'm gonna go sit right here and be cool <laughs> yeah i'm guilty as charged and then when everything <laughs> falls apart and y'all come back to us and you're like, yeah, if you would have just listened to me and it's like, all right, shut up. I just need to get through this. Now, how do we fix it? Like, let's just go. Like, <laughs> can we not it. talk yeah. about it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, so you're talking about niching down, right? Where mm-hmm. he has this mm-hmm. brand, he's doing these things and he wants to niche down into these three things he knows and loves. Yeah. Yes. And, and I think him, that's so smart. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I, I don't mean to interrupt you. I mean, go ahead. Oh, no, that's okay. That's okay. Um, it, with what I saw, when he started getting into voiceover and what I saw a lot of the people in the industry do, doing, it's it's like it's really raggedy. And I hate, I don't know how else to put it because I saw a lot of raggedy sites. I saw a lot of things trying to mesh together. And even though they have this voice talent, they don't know how to brand that voice talent. It's just like a lot of people when you see out here and I tell people, stop calling yourself a freelancer. Either you have a business or you don't, period. But when you're doing voiceover, all you see is the voice. It's no different than a restaurant thinking that it's all about the food. Sweetie, you don't need all of this menu in order to make your money. If you have one thing, why do you think there's so many chicken places? Why are there so many burger places? So yeah. being able to own that as far as a voiceover artist, it's like, what do you speak well? It's like, if you can roll out these big words, like I say, Neil speaks food. He can, from any culture and all of that kind of stuff. So if you have something that you can lean into, then let's make it a brand. Let's not just put it out there like, oh, I do voiceover. Okay, so does that person. And so does that person. What's going to set you apart? So I think they they could do a lot better in owning how they show up. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, Chef Robert said it best in Restaurant Impossible. It's like when you sit down, and I, I think they even talk about this on like Bar Rescue, but when you sit down and you open up this menu and you see 5,000 items, like I love uh, Cheesecake Factory. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I love the place, but Jesus, do they have a novel for a menu? Oh my so God. every time I go there, it's just flipping through these pages, trying to figure out what I want. And I'm anxiety driven when it comes to the speed of getting things done. Like I want mm-hmm. things to be done yesterday. So when I show up to a restaurant, my favorite thing is when it's like, all right, I've been here a million times. I know what I want. Let me get the surf and turf burger. Let me swap this out for this. Let me get this to drink. And then we're just moving on. Like that's my favorite thing to do. So mm-hmm. when I sit down at somewhere like Cheesecake Factory and it's like there's so many selections, I get overwhelmed and then mm-hmm. it just makes it to where it's like, I don't really want to go there anymore because I don't know yeah. what I want. It's going to take me forever to find it. And it's not that I'm in a hurry. I like to sit back and enjoy my food. But the point mm-hmm. is, it's just too much. Like you said, it streamlines the whole process in the kitchen when you can take one sheet that has five different lunch items, five different dinner items, five different breakfast items. You can order these at these certain times. And it's like, this is what we do really good. And that transfers Mm -hmm. directly to business. And it's been the hardest thing for me to wrap my head around, especially as a marketing agency. And you know this in branding. It's like, well, I can help you with anything. You know, Mm -hmm. it's pretty universal on websites and graphic design and all this stuff. But it's like, you know what? Even there, if I could take my kitchen, my back end, the stuff that we're pumping out, Mm -hmm. instead of changing up, Hey, designers, today we need to work on this style or this thing. It's like if I can just keep those designers focused on one type one of design, thing. everything yeah. we do is for med spas or everything that we do is for a lawyer, then they're all stuck in that same gear and it's easy mm-hmm. for them to pump out better stuff. And it's the same thing in that kitchen and that back end. Same thing for a narrator. Yeah. It's like you don't yeah. have to change the whole mindset that you're in because I hope one thing that people have learned on TikTok is when it comes to voice acting or voiceovers, you know, it's very much acting. You have to put yeah. yourself in that mindset. You have to read the script, semi memorize it, or sometimes, depending on the brand, memorize it verbatim mm-hmm. and say it in certain ways. And it's like if all you're working on is a travel or food or whatever niche you're in, then you're always in that mode and that mindset. When you step in front of the microphone, you don't have to change it constantly. And so I say all that to say that 
when it comes to your branding and your service offering, niching down is so good because you can streamline what you're offering to the client. Yeah. So I think it's a very good message that you're pushing there. And I think branding ties right into that of, yes. you know, you need to attract your client with your brand and tell your story through your branding. And that's why it was so important to me when we pre-show or getting you set up and you're like, I could take the ghetto country brand mother off and put my actual name if it's easier for you. And I'm like, no, that's who you are. Let's yeah. stick with that brand. So I, yeah. I think you're doing great work on advising with that. Yeah. Cause that's what I tell people because once you get into the, I, I tell people I am not a brand, but I have a brand. So knowing that I have a personal brand, this means that I have created boundaries around this. When I stop being ghetto country grandmother, I got to go back to being wife, mother, sister, and all the other things. And sometimes I got to actually go back and be Phyllis and sit with myself. But it, it creates the boundaries. Like even coming on for this show, I tell people when I get ready to do a podcast, whether it's my own or someone else, I got to go get the lipstick, the hat, and the glasses. And I, I, I'm instantly transported into being the ghetto country grandmother. Now, I don't necessarily do that when I do public speaking or whatever, but it, it, it changes the frame of mind. And I don't want to put my life on display, but I do want to put a, a level of my personality on display. Sure. So when I talk to people about having a personal brand, I say, sweetie, you get to have a personal life too. You don't have to share any and everything for people to like you because at the end of the day, I would rather respect you. I respect the game. I don't need to see you skating and fighting and buttering your toast. I don't care. I want to know what do you do for me as a business? That's what's relevant. If you have a life story that's relevant to your business, then that's what you bring to the personal brand. You don't bring all your other baggage, your vulnerability and, and vulnerability is good. Let me, let me back that up a little bit. Vulnerability is good as long as it's relevant, but don't be trying to extract. I'm going to make people cry and I want them. Oh, please. How about just do you to the best yeah. of your ability and make it brandable and relevant. That's what personal branding is about to me. It is not about, oh, I am my brand. No, you know, it missed me with the crazy. I'm not here for that. I'm really not. <laughs> so what am I getting out of a coaching experience with you? Because, you know, saying um, kind of like developing that brand, it could be a broad sword or a broad paintbrush here. So are you basically finding out who I am as a person and then helping me just develop my story? Or what exactly is it that you are coaching me it's to do? It's not just a story. It's just like I was on a call with a client earlier today. And part of what I talk, I talk about code camp and play. So it's like how you, the DNA code of the brand, how you set up camp and then how you play the game. And also you have all these different things, but it's, it's more than a story. It's like, where do you want to stand to be attractive? Whereas when I was learning brand strategy, what they want to tell me, oh, you go out and you, you do surveys and you check out your people and you see what they want and then you go build it. No. I'm standing 10 toes down in what I do well. I'm not building the daggone thing. And I'm trying not to cuss on your show. But oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to fit into that box because again, this is me going back. I may as well take off ghetto country and go back to trying to be that business coach that did not fit me. But if you can tell me with the client that I had this morning, it's like we're having a hard time figuring out our code. And I had to break it down. Sweetie, first of all, the code is the core, the core message that you're going to put out. Because it's not just about, you know what, we create great websites and then we do this thing. No, there's a core message that goes along with everybody. And you can tell this core message 20,000 different ways and it will never get old. So if you tell me that you're here to build a legacy, there are so many ways to build a, a legacy. There's so many ways to tell the story about a legacy. And if that's what you want to stand 10 toes down in, then why are you talking about biscuits? Come on now. It don't make sense. And people will make all these leaps and bounds instead of, you know what? This is where I stand. 
So when I tell you that I believe in this thing, this is what I believe in wholeheartedly. And instead of instead of talking about I'm committed to this thing, how about we be dedicated? Because people give up on commitments all up and through. I'm not going to stick to my diet. I'm not going to go to the gym. I'm not doing none of that. But what I'm dedicated to is, you know, it's just like breathing. I'm dedicating to having this impact, this change. And if you know what that is, then there is no way that anybody can move you off of that. You can't, you won't listen to 20 and 30 different gurus telling you something different. And it's like, oh, well, I got to change. No, I've already made up my mind. This is where I stand. But then the other part is understanding that as a personal brand, you will mature because you will learn as you grow. So, you know, just because you're planted here does not mean you can't grow somewhere else. And it's just owning all of that as far as your personal brand is concerned. Somebody asked me, well, how do you make sure the personal brand, because I talk about the personal brand overshadowing the business. And it's like, it's not about over, when you're trying not to overshadow, then what you're doing is you're trying to create separation. Because especially when you're being a business of one, if you're a solopreneur, you don't want everybody coming to look at you all the time for the work. You want them to go to the business for the work. You just come in for me because I'm the expert of this thing. And so your personal brand gets to endorse the business brand so that people are constantly blowing up the business. Because if they're blowing you up, your phone is ringing and you now just made yourself an employee of your own business. That's not what you did this for. So it's about the separation of it all, not the overshadowing, not the the, the I am my brand. It's, it, it's deeper than that. It really is. So. so are you focusing on both the company and the entrepreneur or solopreneur at the same time? Yeah, because for gotcha. me, it's about it's about scalability. If right. cause that's why um, Ghetto Country Brandmother is a part of Brandma's house. Brandma's house is going to grow and scale in a way that it licenses out kind of like um, Donald Miller, how he has all the different coaches under telling the brand story. So that's what I see for my future. So as I began to do that, it's like, you know what? You might not be able to handle the Ghetto Country Brandmother, but maybe you need the soccer brandmother. Or whatever that that person's personal brand is. But they all fall under Brandma's house. That's why the HBIC, I'm the head Brandma in charge. But trust and believe, there's going to be some other ones. Yeah, You get to own that. And it's, it's, it's saying that you can show up within your personal brand, but you still are a representation of the overall house. Don't get crazy. Because you know yeah. your mama, you just tell you, well, go on to my house, stay in my house. Don't, don't. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's kind of what we do here at beefy marketing is uh -huh. instead of, you know, we're not so much, we offer coaching and consulting if mm -hmm. you need it, but we're focused on building things for other people, whether it's podcasts or websites or like, we're that action for yeah. that business, but you're right. You know, just kind of naturally we've, we've followed this same brand strategy here where you've got John, the marketer, and then when Andrew and I are together and he's the CEO who's trying to take a step back. That's why John, the marketer is here now is because it's like, I'm the one that's trying to offer this marketing stuff so that when you go to Andrew, that's a specialty. That's yeah. a huge consultation fee. That's something bigger. You know, he's still really involved with the company right now, which is great, but mm -hmm. he's trying to get that to where exactly like you said, it's like, I'm going to pass you to John, the marketer, or yeah. I'm going to pass you to Kara, who we need to come up with a brand name for that runs social, or I'm going to pass you to John, the video who runs all of our video stuff and production. And, you know, it's that same exact thing yes. when we're together, it's the beefy boys, you know, and that's what people call us <laughs> instead. Of, yep. I love mm -hmm. it. Because everywhere it. we go in town, you know, it's just like, oh, those are the beefy boys. Yeah. The, you know, beefy <laughs> marketing. And uh, it, it's the same thing. Like you just see it play out in real life. You're exactly right. You can't 
have yourself so tied to the company that you have to do every single part of it. You've got to learn, especially if you're going to scale, how to pass some of that stuff off. Yeah. And, you know, instead of being the CEO that's making the sales, you got to be the CEO that is leading the salesman and supporting the salesman. Uh, you know, same thing with social media. Instead of making these social posts yourself, you need to empower someone who's going to come in and say, hey, boss, it's time to make social content. Like yeah. sit there and say this and let me video it. Uh, <laughs> you know, all those things. So this is it's very important stuff. So yeah. how do I get connected with you to figure out if it's a good partnership for us to work together? Um, For me, it, it's like you can find me on social media. You, If you go at, at GC Grandmother, you can find me on TikTok, Instagram. Um, I'm on LinkedIn and all of those things. But I'm very much of the mind that if you're about chasing money, I don't think I want to work with you. I'm just going to be very blunt. But the part is that, sweetie, I want you to make all the money. So don't get it twisted. But you cannot build a brand off of chasing money. That's you saying I want a job. I want somebody to pay me. Versus, you know, I'm trying to be impactful. I'm trying to do something that's going, that's going to change. Because I'm sure Beefy Marketing has a whole reason why they're doing this. And I'm not talking about the whole begin with why. I'm not Simon Sinek. But there is a reason why you're doing this. And so if we can find a thing. Uh, one of my clients, I want to leave a legacy. So now we're talking about the legacy of design. And what that means for every person that you touch. And how you impact their legacy. That's something bigger than money. But hell, I want you to charge a whole lot of money for it too. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. But it can't be the thing you're leading with it because be honestly, you're if you're leading, leading with. with the money, it's kind of greedy, right? Yeah. You know, and that's the same thing like this podcast. This podcast is my why. This mm -hmm. podcast is we're looking for small business owners that are small to medium sized businesses. And I know you and I understand mm -hmm. that. But sometimes the listener doesn't understand that a yeah. small business is up to five million annually. Yes. You know, that's what I'm after. I'm looking for those companies that are 750K plus that can yeah. afford a marketing budget that can come to us and say, I've got three or $4,000 a month. This is what I want you to build me. That's my target client. But the thing yeah. is, I'm a small, like tiny business owner where mm -hmm. I'm less than that client that I'm looking for. And we talk to those people all the time. And it's like, it sucks that you don't have the budget for it. Like I had a guy come yeah. to me this morning and he's like, Hey, I got an extra 300 bucks. What should I do to help out my marketing with it this month? And I'm like, save it. I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh. I know, but, but those are the people I want to help. Right. So that's why yeah. I have this show is because yes. it's like, I don't want to tell this guy, give me your 300 bucks and I'll give you something in, you know, in trade yeah. for that. And I'll, yeah. I'll help you out. I mean, yeah. I could, I could take that 300 and probably make something impactful for him. Mm -hmm. but not the way he needs to, because mm -hmm. yeah, I could run a Google ad for him for a month at, you know, $150 budget and then take 150 to 200 for myself and, mm -hmm. you know, say, Oh yeah, we're good. That's, that's what we did. Or why not just say, Hey, I want to get you on the show. And then yeah, I want to tell people about you for free. Like that's yeah. the whole point of this show is first we're going to lead with that. It's relational sales. I want to build a mm -hmm. relationship with you. I want to know mm -hmm. you and I want to know how we can work together to succeed and if money comes out of that, great. And if it doesn't, then great. We still had something fun together and we can uh -huh. both move on and find something that's going to be beneficial to us. So I, I'm with you 100%. If somebody comes in and they just say, all I want to do is make sales so that I can make uh -huh. the company money and make me money. Well, that's great. But I feel like if you do good now, the money will come later. That part. And it's, it's, it, I love that you're saying that because what a, it's <clears throat> going back to when you were talking about being 
your your CEO, he's basically a brand leader and a business leader. And that's totally different than being a boss and which a lot of people don't get. I need y'all to drop that boss status because yep. you can't boss nobody but yourself. Absolutely. But then you already know that you have a problem with, with your brand or your marketing. When you come to your first question to either you or me, I don't, how do I get more leads? Sweetie, I already know you got a problem and I can't fix it because it's not about the, it's not about getting you more leads. It's, your branding hasn't moved into your marketing. Your marketing hasn't moved into conversion. You're broken along those lines. And if you can't afford to pay for that help, you know what? It's going to be a long ass learning curve for you. Yeah. And I hate to say it, but it's that that is the simple truth. And a lot of people don't want to face that truth. Well, I have the lead magnet and I've done the research, but have you taken the action? Have you actually given people something that they want to, to get hooked on? And a lot of, I see so much basic, oh my goodness, it's basic crap that's out there because people are afraid to say what it is that they really want to say. I help entrepreneurs create impact. Seriously, that's the best you can do? Which entrepreneurs are you talking to? The ones that make a dollar or the ones that make $50? The ones that make, which ones are you talking to? Okay, are there entrepreneurs in a specific industry or do they have a specific problem? And I, and for me, get rid of the word help. Give me something else. I tell my clients, I nurture. I am the, I am the business mom. You didn't know you needed. I will nurture your behind all the way to the, to the bank. That is the point. But to say that I help people know how to help themselves. They know how to go out and get help. They don't know that I know how to nurture, which is different. And so it's with, with you coming out and especially with people wanting to know who they're working with. Yes, I have a personal brand. I create Ghetto Country Grandmother because I want you to make sure that you understand this is where I began and Phyllis ends so that you don't get the two confused because Phyllis is kind of hot. <laughs> I don't think you want to mess with her on a good day. <laughs> so you get to own that part and you get to keep some things for yourself. And that's very important to me. One of the things I started leaning into was telling people that I'm a life coaching brand strategist because I'm going to need you to get your life together before you try to go out here and get this thing together. Because if you're not standing 10 toes down, confident in what you're offering, you're going to stutter on that price. Oh, well, I want to charge 5000 Sweetie, you can't even get 5000 out your mouth. So you're not confident in this. You cannot, you cannot be okay to say this thing. If I hear imposter syndrome. Really? Why do you feel like an imposter? You have the credentials. You have the education. You have the experience. Well, I feel like people aren't going to listen to me. Then we got to get you straight before we send you out here into the world to go make your money. Stop wasting time. And it, that's what personal branding is to me. It's not about fitting into the box of what the customer wants. It's standing 10 toes, ten, ten do, can't even say it, 10 toes down, confident in what you offer. And then being able to speak about the value. Don't list off the, oh, well, we're going to do this, this, and this. No, I want to see the value. I know the price. Show me the value. That's it. That's it. Yeah. It's honest business. It's, it's, uh, it's being able to say, this is what I offer. And, and yes, this is the price or this is the product, but this is what I'm bringing to the table mm -hmm. and knowing that with, with confidence. And I'll tell you, I'm definitely someone who internally struggle, struggles with that imposter syndrome. You know, it's always wow. like the podcast isn't as big as I think it is, or it's not going to be as successful as I think it is, or, you know, something else. And then I just kind of take those little things where, you know, I look and I see top 10% podcast and I'm yeah. like, okay, that's a boost. I get it. I, I am mm -hmm. doing something good. No, I'm not top 1%. You know, I'm not team never quit. I'm not Joe Rogan. I'm not like one of these big, huge podcasts, but 
I know the value that this show brings. And that's what, when talking to you about my podcast, you would never know I have those doubts in my mind because everything I talk about is this is the value it's going to bring. Here's how you sign up. I get you on when I can get you on. We release it when we can release it. And then here's ways that you can monetize the show to make it work better for you. Whether you want to go the free route or the paid route, figure it out. Let me know. We'll talk about that when it comes. And then after Mm -hmm. that, it's just, we're here to do something for you to be a benefit for you. And it's the same thing. When I go into a sales meeting, it's like, I know everything I need to know for that sales meeting, Mm -hmm. but sometimes you have that little thought in the back of your mind. And I just have to (laughs) find the courage to kick that out and say, Hey, I know I got here by Mm -hmm. busting my ass and learning everything I could over the past couple of years to get here and now be someone that's able to talk about this stuff versus that first time that I ever had a podcast episode or that first sales call I ever had where I was shaking like a leaf and I wasn't (laughs) sure what to say. And now it's just like become your own person and just exude that brand out of you without having to say anything. And uh, I love that that's what you're doing. So how do we get to work with you? What's the best way to kind of reach out, find out if we're that good fit. And if you can give me some, you know, like, does it cost me, $5,000 to go through your program or $500 to go through your program? Like, what does it look like as far as a financial commitment? What's your ideal customer? My ideal customer is someone who wants to unpack what it is they're trying to build. I have shorter programs. I have what I call the two-word brand. Like I say, Ghetto Country started out as my two-word brand, but it became my moniker. My my descriptor two-word brand, when I tell people I am the Ghetto Country grandmother, I am that nurturing empathic bitch. Then that empathic bitch is my two-word brand because I want to know what you're going to get when you work with me. It's like, sweetie, I'm going to fight just as hard as you fight for everything that you're trying to build. But once you sit down, trust and believe a bitch is going to walk out the door. I'm done. <laughs> okay. Don't be calling right. me back. Don't be playing with my feelings. I'm not playing with you. But, but, um, so there's that, there's a two-word brand and that's like $2,500. And that's where we sit down and we, we have this conversation so I can figure out how best to have this two-word brand that will connect you to your audience, connect you to yourself, and still connect you to your business. Because it has to kind of encompass all three so that when you walk in the room and you tell somebody you're this, I'm the so-and-so, it doesn't require any other explanation. But what it's done is that it's hooked somebody. It's like, ooh, tell me more. Why you call yourself the ghetto country grandmother? What is that about? And you get to now have an engaging conversation. It does not require you to put a, pull a dry-ass pitch out of your back pocket. It just is what it is. I'm the ghetto country grandmother. I, my brand babies, I take them from brand babies to brand leaders because I want them to show up for, as best they can for themselves. So I have that. So, and then there's, there's what I call the, um, the branded timeout. We're going to take 13 weeks and we're going to get all this stuff together. We're going to cold camp and play and do all the things to make sure that everything, all those gaps and holes you had in your brand are now filled because trust and believe if, if there are holes and gaps in your brand, then they are, it's leaking money and it should not be. And that is $7,000. Now, for people who want to to go the long haul with me, and I don't make you sign a contract. If you leave one month, trust and believe, I'm finding somebody to fill your spot. You can't come back till I have another one. But that is $1,700 a month. This is where we sit down and we unpack slowly because not only are we now doing branding, but we're doing branding, we're doing marketing, and we're figuring out the content that you need to put out. We're we're doing SWOT analysis. We're doing audits to make sure that everything is going the way that it's supposed to go. Because you working with me, you now have the opportunity to pivot. Because otherwise, I I have people that I never forget my first brand strategy client. I gave her what she asked for, but I didn't give her what she wanted. She asked for this thing. And it's like, it was all the things. It was the magic. 
but it was not what she wanted and it never happened. And so I I had to hear secondhand that it was not a thing. And I had to hear it months later. So now if we sit down in Brandy University and we sit and we work this thing out, it's like, okay, is this fitting you? Well, no, I'm not comfortable with saying that about myself or I'm not comfortable. in. Okay, then let's find where you're comfortable. Because my thing is we're trying to get you to the level of comfort where you can start making your money. Now you can hire for the things that you're uncomfortable with. If you're better at writing and not at speaking, then you know what? Let's write all the things and then you can hire somebody to do the video. You get to create all these different things, but you can only do it if you have the money to invest. But you got to start somewhere. If you have more time than money, then sweetie, I'm sorry, you got to do content marketing. If you have more money than time, then go advertise. You get to choose. But it's finding out where you fit best. So that those are my three. Th- those are my three things: to wear branding, branded timeout, and branded university. I love it. Are you on social media, YouTube, anywhere, kind of giving out those free lessons to attract people into it? Um, on my podcast, I have I have people. I have a ask grandma anything type vibe, and so it's like if you come on, you might get a to wear brand out of me for free. You don't have to pay the twenty five hundred. But it's because I want people to understand. It's like, let's find your unique thing. Because everybody's trying to tell you, you know, do the competitive analysis, see where the gaps are, and then fill a gap. But some people can't fill a gap. So you know what you fill it with? You fill it with that unique thing. What's unique about you? That's the gap filler. Because how you package what it is in this personal brand is going to attract people. So you're still doing design work. You're still doing uh, copywriting. But you know what? I package it like this. So that's my thing. I love it. What's the best way to get in touch with you then and kind of get into your ecosystem? The best way to get in touch with me is holla at grandma's house. That's my email. H-O-L-L-A at grandma's house. (laughs) I love it. And of course, we're going to include all this information in the show notes as well. That way our listeners can get in contact with you and make sure that they are taking part in everything that you're offering. If they're out there looking for that brand strategy. I think it's mm-hmm. uh I think it's a really great thing and definitely looking for somebody who has a level of commitment that they're comfortable with as far as getting you on to do what you need to do with them. But yeah, yeah I think it's been a great conversation and I can't thank you enough for coming on and talking to me today. Thank you so much, John. This has been fun. And I know sometimes my mouth get away from me, so I appreciate you for letting me talk. <laughs> no, it's uh, man. It's all, it's all a part of your brand. It's how mm-hmm. you are. It's who you are. And you know, I'm the same way. I just love having great conversations. So to yes. me, when it flows like that, this makes for the best show compared to those ones that are 20 minutes long. And it's just like pulling teeth to get the answers out. I don't know. Maybe my listeners disagree, but I think that those ones that go extra are the ones Mm -hmm. that they're like, Hey, you know what? I really enjoyed that episode. Yes. Yes. This was good. I appreciate it. Definitely. Of course. And listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of small business origins. We can't thank you enough for being here, listening to entrepreneurs as they share their story and share their brand. Thank you for checking out brand ma here. One of the best guests that we've ever had on here. I don't think we've had anyone on here that has another nickname like I do. I think most people come on and just say, this is my name, but this has been ghetto country brand mother out here, raising up her grandkids to be good and do good. And I hope that you just find her as a valuable resource and hit her up after all this. But if nothing else, if you could just go listen to her show, 
listen to the content she's putting out. And that means so much for us. As a matter of fact, the best thing you can do for a podcast is leave that five-star review, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. So please head over to www.smallbusinessorigin.com. Get hooked up with all the places we offer on there that our podcast can be found, which is everywhere, and leave us that review. We would absolutely love it. But that's it for us. Until next week for another episode, stay beefy, my friends. Thanks for listening to another episode of Small Business Origins. I love an origin story. If you like what you just heard, leave us a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. You guys, check this out. They're going to love it. You're going to love it.